We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Well, let's get started. Amen. Okay, first of all, I would like each of you, starting with Miss Lolly, to introduce yourselves. I'm Lolly Weir, and between Carl and me, we have eight children. We have 15 grandchildren and two great-grandchildren. Amen. Let's give her a hand. Amen. Amy Correa, and we have three children, uh, definitely no grandkids yet. <laughs> Amen. Elizabeth Vasquez, I have four kiddos. That's it. <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> Couture Young, and my husband and I have three amazing girls. Amen. And I have two girls. Amen. Okay. My first question to you ladies is, what has been your most embarrassing mom moment? Well, Miss Lolly, I can do that one. When my youngest son was about five, the assistant pastor at Christian Heritage was praying with him. And Jackson told him he had bad breath. <laughs> it was not a good mother moment. <laughs> I love it. Anybody else? I want to call on the Well, I know I had um, with um, Hennessy when she was younger, definitely. Um, we would let them watch cartoon movies. If they were not cartoons, we would call them adult movies. So we're like, no, you gotta watch kids movies, young kids movies. So one time at school, she started discussing um, how at home she likes different shows, but that she's not allowed to watch adult movies like her mom. <laughs> Most definitely embarrassing. May I throw one in here? My son is redheaded. I, he hasn't been here for a while, but he's very redheaded. And his grandma thought it was funny to teach him that if anybody asked him where he got redhead, was to say the mailman. Well, his teacher asked him, Where'd you get your red hair? The mailman. <laughs> I'm like, Grandma, why did you do that? <laughs> I've never done that with my grandkids. Okay. What is the greatest joy of your motherhood journey? Any volunteers? Well, Lolly? <laughs> you want me? You betcha. <laughs> the absolute greatest joy is our children that have grown up and become parents themselves, and we see them nurturing their families and being the kinds of parents they should be. It just thrills your heart. Nothing else really matters. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Well, for me, I have to say, I mean, my kids range from 14 to 1-year-old. 
So I have to say every milestone in their life, from the moment seeing the little one walk to become dependable, to seeing my son Ruben, the eldest, going now into high school soon, and become even more independent, but not only that, just grow spiritually as well. It's amazing. I mean, that has been it. And I would love, and I know that each and every one of the kids will go ahead and follow. And it's just the greatest joy. I mean, I can explain. Amen. So what is the greatest struggle of your motherhood journey? Any other, any other volunteers? I will take that one. Um, I think the biggest struggle that I've had, and probably every mother has, is feeling like a failure. That has been um, something that I've battled. And just, you know, I remember going through times whenever I thought that I just ruined my children's lives by something or another. But God's always reminded me that, you know, He placed me there and He gave me those children. And so you constantly have to remind yourself and get in the Word and just remember that He gave you those children and that you're not a failure. You know, every mom, even though the house is a mess or, you know, you're struggling to try to get to church, it's not about that particular moment. You can make yourself... um, you can show that, that God is still with you and you know that tomorrow is a new day and you're still a wonderful mom. Amen. Anybody else? Uh, for me, um, it's been balancing my family schedule. We are a family of five and um, it's been very challenging. Um, but I would, I would definitely say the most challenging thing is carving out some me time. Because as uh, Sean stated, we are busy. We're doing a lot as a mom. And, um, and I think it's very important that we carve out some me time when we can. So. Amen. Very good. What advice could you give to the moms out there and the future moms? Any vol- I can Amy. answer that. I see your face light up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for moms and future moms, the most important thing is our relationship with the Lord. I think that that's really the source of where we get everything, uh, especially perspective. And for new moms, I know that that can be a challenge. I remember just thinking, if I had five minutes in the morning, just five minutes al- and uh, I, I would lock myself sometimes in the bathroom just so that I could have that five minutes. And I remember at one point I just started crying because I felt bad that I had to lock myself away from my kids like they were, you know, some sort of bad thing. And um, don't feel bad about taking your five minutes because in that five minutes, God can change your whole perspective and what seemed like a mountain in your life all of a sudden just becomes so little I have to I have to interject something here one time I did lock myself in the bathroom but my twins put a note under the door (laughs) (laughs) doesn't always work (laughs) (laughs) the beating on the door (laughs) you wanted to say that 
Um, yeah, I would say to um, to the existing moms that um, just keep um, surrounding your children with the Word of God. Um, and then if you have that moment, take your moment and, um, and have some me time. And then to the, for the future moms, I would say, um, go ahead and speak the word over your children's life now before you even become a mom. It's never too early and it's never too late to do that. Um, I would also um, caution you to be um, realistic with your expectations. As Miss Yvonne stated earlier, we are not perfect at all as, as mothers and your children aren't going to be perfect. So just rely heavily on the word of God. Amen. Good job, ladies. Okay. How do you set boundaries with your children? Friend versus parent. Who wants to volunteer for that? Sean? I'll take that. Um, my children are both grown now, so I've got a 19-year-old and a 23-year-old. And <clears throat> growing up, it was... You know, you want to be their friends. I had their friends over, and, and that was a, as long as I was a part of what they were doing and they knew what my expectations were, they, they could grow up knowing that I had their back. And I think that's part of setting the boundaries. Children need to have boundaries because it makes them feel safe. So if they know that, you know, we don't, do certain things and we expect you as you're going through your teenage years not to do certain things um, you know they they respect that and they will follow that so um, you have to kind of you be friends in certain areas I guess you would say like whenever their friends are over I would be right there in the middle of them doing the things with them so that they would know that I, I guess I was um, Relatable. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of, I guess, those boundaries to set. Um, because now that they're grown, they still don't, you know, they don't do things that some of their friends are doing. And they still come to me. Like, they still want to spend time with me. So I feel like those boundaries set that up for that. You know, they knew that I expected certain things of them. And now that they're grown, they still want to hang out with me. So... That's great, Sean. I just want to add to that. Um, I struggled in this area, especially as a new mom. You know, you just think everything they do is so cute. And I remember an older, wiser woman at church, and she looked at me and she said, now picture her doing that when she's 16. Is that cute? And I went, <gasps> and uh, I just, you know, I really asked the Lord to help me with boundaries and discipline and, you know, what does that look like biblically? And he brought me to Hebrews 12. And uh, if you are a mom, write down Hebrews 12 and read that because it really changed my whole perspective on boundaries and discipline and uh, rules. And if I were to sum up that whole passage, it talks about God actually disciplines and sets boundaries for us because he loves us and we are his children. And he does not, those that don't get disciplined are not legitimate children. And so I thought, wow, if God feels that way about us, how much more should we as mothers feel that way about our children? And so now I think my 
God has allowed the word to really shift my mindset, and now I care more about developing godly character in them than I do necessarily whether they like me, because you're always going to get the... I don't like you right now. Well, the truth is, I don't really like you right now, but I love you. (laughs) And because I love you, uh, I'm going to be consistent with these rules and boundaries. Also, um, another thing, whenever our kids were little and they were growing up, my husband always, um, he referenced Jurassic Park the um, velociraptors or whatever, you know, they, I don't know if you've seen the original movie, but they go around and they test the, the lines where the electrical current is in the lines and, you know, my husband always says that's what the kids are doing, like they will go and they test you, so you always have to be consistent with, you can't say this, you can't do this today but next week, oh, you can do it so you have to make sure that you're consistent in those rules and, and don't go back on them because that's, that's where they're testing that line you know, trying to see where they can get across that boundary. You read my mind. I was going to ask you that. What about consistency? Yvonne, I want to say something here that um, I was a widow and I was a single mom for a number of years. And single moms have a real hard time. When you don't have a man's voice behind you, it's very hard to get your voice heard. And it takes a great deal of consistency and discipline and strength. And I went to a counselor to get help, and he emphasized that the discipline does give them security. So I just wanted to pass that on. Amen. So we may have a bunch of women up here giving advice, but fellas, are you listening? Do you hear how important your role is? Uh Raising children takes a tribe. Yes, I do. So it's not just the mamas, but they need their daddies in their life, too. Well, Amy, you kind of touched on this. You may have already answered my question, but I want to know what scripture has meant the most to you as a mother and why. That's good. Uh, my life verse is Genesis sixteen thirteen. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And that passage is Hagar. And uh, she's in a really rough place. And she has this revelation that God is real. And like the God who created the universe actually sees her and cares about her. And I think... As a mom, you go through all these mundane tasks every day. And I know uh, for me lately, it has been laundry and packing lunches. I pack the lunch and, you know, I'm like, man, I'm putting this healthy snack in there, Lord, because I care about them. I care about their body. I know they're going to try to trade it for a Twinkie. Why do I even waste my time washing and cutting fresh vegetables? And, you know, I'm like sitting here. Why do I do this? This is such a waste of time. And that verse always pops up and it's like, it doesn't matter because the God who created the universe, he sees me and he cares. He sees my heart that I want to be a good mom. And to me, that matters more than whether or not they throw it in the trash, you know, the next day. So for me, I think just knowing that God does see us in those mundane tasks and what you think doesn't really matter, matters to him and he sees that. 
I'll piggyback off of um, what Amy stated. My favorite verse is um, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. As she stated, we do. We're busy day-to-day tasks and, you know, just uh, running our families or what have you. And um, sometimes it it can be overwhelming. And I go back to that scripture. um, I can do all things through Christ. Christ gives each and every one of us the strength to do whatever that task is that we have before us. And it has carried me so far. Um, That is actually one of my favorite verses. I've even had that verse placed on the walls of my daughter's bedroom. Every day, I want them to see that. And when they come to me with a struggle or a challenge, uh, maybe they're having a hard time in math or science or what have you, I remind them of that scripture and how they can do all things through Christ that strengthens him. And every day before they leave for school, they have to save that scripture. Amen. That's great. Okay. I realized I was turning into my mom when I started saying things like, oh my goodness. <laughs> who wants to touch that one? I can, oh, I go ahead. Yes, ma'am. I can act on this one. It's, it's several things, I should say. Several things. One of them is when we would get in trouble. <laughs> yes. Is this? That's one of them. The second one would be just wait, just wait. And the third one, which when I was younger, I did not understand. I did not understand, and I thought my mom was being extremely unfair. She does not understand me. She does not understand neither one of us. Four sisters, you know, we're all four girls. Um, she was just, it wasn't right. It wasn't right. And I said, whenever I have kids, I would never do that. <laughs> and Ruben is sitting right over there, and he can say, when I tell him to do something, what's his question? Why? My answer is, because I said so. <laughs> <laughs> Plain as that. And I said, I, I vow not to say that, but yes. That's it. Because I said so. That's what my mom would tell me. Anybody else? So I'm so glad that I, I know for a fact my mom is not watching online right now. She is a pastor's wife, so she better be like involved doing something, right? So I can tell you the truth. Um, when we, so I have three sisters, so there's four girls. And w- growing up, she would always say, Jessica, Virginia, Andrew, Amy, whatever your name is. And, and she would go through all of our names. And I know this sounds harsh, but growing up, I remember thinking, you know, you gave birth to us. Like, you named us. And you seriously can't remember my name? Like, I remember, you know, of course I never said that because I, I would have gotten beat. And um, I just remember thinking that. And it happens to me now. And I, and it doesn't even have to be a sibling. Like, I'll even, Mike, no, what, whoever you are. And so I get it now. Um, the one phrase, though, the actual saying, and I caught myself saying this last week, was, if you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. And, <laughs> 
And I actually turned around, laughed, and then went back to like my serious mom face. <laughs> Those are great. Okay, congratulations on surviving the teenage years. What advice do you have for moms just entering the teenage years? Who wants this one? I will say the end is coming near. <laughs> um, the I will say, and I was I was talking to another mom the other day, and and even to my brother just a couple of days ago. This is probably the hardest time of your life, um, but it does get easier. Um, but what I had to remember was. In those, especially like whenever they're getting 14, 15, 16, they're becoming their own selves. Like they are, they're growing up and they're becoming adults and it's hard to let them make the mistakes that they need to make to become responsible adults. But you still have to let them, you've got to give them some some leash. You know, you got to let them get out there and, and make those mistakes. Um, it and trust that what you've done in the past will they'll follow that um and that's i have to say i've got two great daughters and and you know they'll as i talked about the failures and all that back in the past the they come to me now you know and we'll talk about things that we've where i thought you know i just ruined you or whatever they don't remember stuff like that they remember the good times that you have with them and the time that you spent with them and that's probably the biggest thing in those teenage years. Don't let them get so far away from you that um, you're not connected to them. Like, make sure that you're spending time with them. Make sure that you're having dinner with them and that you're a part of what they're doing because they have a life out there all, you know, in their job and in their school. And, and so that's what I had to remember was just they're becoming adults and they're being, you know, they're making their path. Um, right now, so that's that's probably my biggest advice is just be there with them and and spend as much time with them as you can. Good. Lolly, I think you're the one who's gone through that. I had a friend tell me many years ago, whatever your children tell you, hold your face so that you don't look startled or horrified. <laughs> Just hold your face because they won't tell you if you react too much. So uh, just try to be cool <laughs> while, while you process it. <laughs> yeah, very, very good. Okay. What is the greatest thing the Lord has taught you through motherhood? Who wants that one? Well, I have to say that... Um, He's, he's taught each and every one of us so much. Actually, patience. It, it, it's amazing how much patience you have as a mother. Um, but it has also given me an understanding. Um, first and foremost, when I had Ruben, I had Hennessy, Jojo, and Gadi, and Adonis. He loves us so much. And we extend the same love. There's nothing. I wouldn't even doubt to put my life down for my own children. And I can understand why he did the same for me. 
it's he forgives me a hundred times and a hundred times and a hundred times more and there's not one thing that my kids can do that of course after a correction that I would say okay I forgive you you know what I mean it's like being a mom has given me a greater and you don't have to be a mom to actually understand this but it gives you a better understanding of how much how it compares to the love that God gives us and that we can provide as well I don't I don't know if you understand what I mean it's it's that unconditional love and I have grasped the love that the Lord has for me it's even much greater but I can have that understanding very good. Very good. Well, I'd like to say, I think God makes mothers so that we can be stretched and stretched. I mean, our children stretch us beyond what we could ever know in just a normal life. And I will never, ever say my child won't do that because mine have probably done it. <laughs> and um, they turned out all right. You just keep loving them anyway. You pick them up and pick yourself up and keep going, and they turn out all right. Amen. But it's a great stretch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how has your relationship with Christ changed the way you parent? Such a great question. I would say Christ focus. I rise in the morning. All about the kingdom. It's all about the kingdom. And I strive every day to make him be the focus of my children's lives. And I do that every day. It goes beyond these four walls here. Uh, some of the things that I do, um, we read the word together daily. Um, we listen to Christian music all the time. Um, we, um, or a sermon or what have you from YouTube. And our Saturday mornings typically looks like this when we're doing chores around the house. There's a sermon on or there's either Christian music on and we're just working away. I want them to know how important it is to have your mind on Christ. And not only that, Christ gives us a responsibility as parents. He said that we are to train them up in the way that they should go, and they will not depart from it. And I consider myself to be a true example of that. Um, one of the things, I've kind of, I've, in these past several months, I've kind of taken things a little further than just, you know, reading the word with them, so on and so forth. I have used the word as a discipline mechanism in our house. And what that means is um, when our children disobey whatever they may do or what have you, they have to write scriptures. They're given a book or, or a scripture in the Bible that relates to their behavior and their actions because we all know that the word is our instruction manual and there are multiple stories that relate to what we do day to day. And so what I do is I pull out those that, that story or either that scripture and they have to write them. And our, our 
the amount of times they have to write them depends on what they've done. If you're talking back, that's an automatic 50. And then if you keep saying something, that's another 50. Right now, we have one of our daughters, she is writing 170 right now. So my husband said to me, he said, he said, babe, I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working. And I said, well, that's okay. But guess what? God said when you give him the word, it will not return void. So we're doing this no matter what. So I think it's time out for taking away the tablets, the electronic devices, or whatever, or the TV. Those things do work. But what you will see instantly, they'll go back to doing the same things. But when you hear your children say, and we've heard this recently, and I had to bring this up to my husband, when you hear, when you hear the children say, I don't want to write any sentences. We got to do it the right way right now. Like... It's working. And, and, and also, um, Pastor had given me a task to do, and um, I completely forgot it in my car this morning. And when I got here, I thought, oh, my gosh, I forgot it because we drove my husband's truck. I, went, I drove all the way home to get it so I can give it to him at the time that he, he needs it. And my daughter said to me as, we were, um, as I was going to get my husband's keys, she was like, we got this. We got this. And I looked down at her and I said, well, why do you say that? And she said, because Jesus got us. That's what you would say, you know? <laughs> so it's working. And out of the five Mother's Day cards I received today from my children, three of them had things as it relates to God. So that, it's working. Even when we don't know it's working, they're listening. We're their example. And, um, and I, take, I take it, I take it um, seriously. I do. Very good. I was going to ask you to give some examples on that because we just had a conversation recently and I wanted you to bring that up. Thank you. Could I take that a yes. little further? Um, yesterday I was speaking with my son and I reminded him, I said, now you have something for Aaron for her Mother's Day. He said, Mom, I know how to treat my wife. I saw how Dad treats you. And I'm telling you, they are picking up on the home life every minute. And it's being embedded in them, and you don't even know it. Very good. Very good. So lastly, words of encouragement for anyone that is struggling with the loss of their mom today. And I'm... um, And I think it will apply even because I know we celebrate Mother's Day... And a lot of times we have women that have struggled to be a mom in the natural. I think when there's that desire to be a mom, I think they are a mom in a lot of ways to other children. But in the physical sometimes, it's, it's not always granted. And so I'm hoping today with the words of encouragement that you give that it will cover all. So what words would you give as, as encouragement for someone that's struggling with loss? Any takers? Well, that could be me. I've had a great deal of loss in my life. And that song, Your Hand in God's, that's the best advice I could give anyone for loss. He will pull you through. I lost my husband. I have two children in heaven. And it, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it without... Our, our faith and knowing he was holding my hand, truly holding me up. 
Amen. It's not Very an easy good. walk, but he won't let you down. And every time I thought, I can't do this. I am really losing it. Something would happen, some phenomenal thing that just lifted me up or someone would call. One day the waitress from Jerry's restaurant, now you know how long ago Jerry's was here, she called and said, I was thinking of you today and I just wanted to let you know. Well, it was one of my hardest days. And I thought, God's got me. He's got me. Amen. Yeah. He does. Amen. Well, thank you, ladies. Did they do a great job? Amen. Well, I just got a little bit I want to share with you this morning. Um, We've talked a lot about our children, and we've talked a a lot of questions have been answered. But I'd like you to go to John 11.22 with me right now. It says, But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. This is Martha. Martha was upset because her, fa- her brother had just passed away. And she just knew that if Jesus had gotten there sooner, he wouldn't have died. Right? And she tells Jesus that. That if you'd been here... My brother would not have died. But then she spoke those words. She speaks the words in John eleven twenty two. but even now. And motherhood has a lot of even now moments. When you don't know what to do, when your child is sick and you don't know what to do. You don't know how to fix the problem that's facing you. And each of you can fill in the scenario that fits with you, your even now moment, because you don't know what to do. Or you don't know where to turn. You feel like you're all alone and there's nobody there to help you or there's not a program there that can help me. Or what about who to trust? Has anybody ever been betrayed? Has anybody ever let you down? I think we've all been there, and we didn't know who we could trust. Martha expected a healing, but the even now moment let her witness a resurrection. What has died in your life? What even now moment have you experienced or are experiencing right now? It's time for you to say, just like Martha said, I know the Father will do whatever you ask. So it's an even now moment. Even if you cannot imagine a resurrection and whatever it is you feel like that's died in your life, let God do what he does in the even now moment. This altar is going to be open. And if you're in need of an even now moment, please join me and these ladies right here. Even when it looks like death is won, even now, God can resurrect what you thought was gone forever. When you don't know what to do, even now he does. And when you don't know where to turn, even now he's right there beside you. And when you don't know who to trust, 
even now, he's the one you can always trust. So right now, if you'd all stand, and this applies to all of us, we've all lived life, and we've all, what we think, witnessed things that have died. But let's be like Martha, and let's turn to Jesus and say, But even now, I know that if you go to the Father for me, it can be resurrected. Are you like me and you've got children that are not walking the way of the Lord? Or maybe you, maybe you've turned away because of things that have happened, things that people have done to you. Even now, turn to the one who cares. So right now, as they begin to sing and as the presence of the Lord fills this place, come to the altar. Come meet me. I want to pray with you. I want to pray that even now, God will resurrect what you thought was God. So don't, don't wait. Don't wait to, for somebody else to come. You come and meet me here in the altars. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.